Okay, we are embarking on another episode here in season two. And season two is all about guests, but today it's just going to be you and I, Rob, because we're going to interview one another. And we have a, a bit of a confessional, don't we? Yeah. Um, interview though are we gonna are we gonna interview each other or is yeah. it gonna be more of a casual fireside chat yeah it's a fireside chat that's okay. probably a better way of All saying right. it i and that and, makes me feel a little better <laughs> were you getting nervous about <laughs> well yeah a little bit i mean you know interviewing and confessing that's uh more like an interrogation <laughs> so yeah fireside chat sounds a little bit better well, well and what i want to say to the listener is the confessional part about it is Rob and I were talking the other day, and I realized we've kind of, him and I have been experiencing some tensions in life, and you always do, but I think we've been feeling several at once, and I kind of stopped and paused and said, hey, you know all this stuff we're talking about on the podcast? Are we actually surrendering and applying this? And my answer was nope. Yep. I, well, that's why I was asking you, because I felt that way too, and... I, I think we just want to say that to you guys because we also struggle with with this, right? With with surrendering, and Correct. this is actually useful for us as well. But beyond that, like, what what do we actually want to dive into that really connects with a primary tension that we're having right now? Well, so I think backstory it came up when when you were asking me how I was doing and I was telling you about some of the things I was working through. And I said, I feel like I'm supposed to just like make some decisions here. Like I need to just do something. And yet I don't, I feel paralyzed. Um, so I, you know, I feel like I'm being called to lead my family and yet I'm just not like I'm, I'm quote unquote waiting for God to open some door or close some other door. And I was feeling lost yeah, and confused about this dichotomy of, you know, what it is I should be doing, what's my role and what's God's role in executing the forward path. Yes. And so I think what you're saying and what we wanted to unpack is assuming you've, you know, we always talk about surrendering to God's plan, His way, letting go of control, but the the place we're still finding ourselves in, even when you're like wholeheartedly trying to do that or as much as you can, you still get stuck in this. Wait, what am I supposed to do, and what is God doing, and how does that work together? And it, you you kind of get, I get drawn into sitting there paralyzed, like you're saying, overthinking. Or just going, I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go. And I, I fluctuate. So so that's the tension, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and so our, our hypothesis or our, our premise about tension is that it's supposed to be good. Um, and so that we're supposed to be looking at these tensions and, and trying to figure out what's the deeper issue and how can I surrender. And, I, you know, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And we, you know, as I think about this, we talked about it a little bit on season one and kind of like the applied surrender about how, how you do it. Um, but I think we want to go another layer down into our stories a bit to talk about and, and also pull out 
three proverbs that we found that are kind of have some interesting comments. And, and what's interesting about a proverb is they make they kind of sit out there. Like you can't you can't leave scripture. You can't just pull out singular verses in scripture. That's kind of dangerous. But Proverbs actually has like these singular phrases yeah, they that are. stand alone mm-hmm. that you can that make you think. And when you put these three together, I think it's really quite interesting to kind of process this through. Well, I, yeah, I'm staring at them written out here on a whiteboard, and I'm still kind of trying to figure out how they go together um, in a cohesive way that I can actually apply. So. Well, so you ready to dive into the mystery of God's way, God's plans versus our plans? Yes. All right, let's go. Welcome to a World Intention podcast, a place where we examine the opposing pulls and struggles of life to uncover clarity, purpose, and practical solutions. Come join us as we seek to get comfortable facing the uncomfortable. This is... A world intention. So let's start with these three proverbs we talked about, Rob, and we'll just go one at a time and, and kind of pick them apart a little bit. But I want to start with, um, I think, Proverbs 19.21, which says... Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Um, so, and what you'll see as we talk about these different proverbs is that the what the focus there was of the mind, right? Of the thinking, of the strategizing, um, but ultimately God's purposes are one are what's what's going to come to fruition, but. Actually, I think I need to say all, all at least two of these proverbs now because to show this contrast. Okay, so Proverbs sixteen nine says, "The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps." So again, now there's a focus on the heart, but still the Lord is establishing the steps. So there's a this kind of tension here between man's own way and God's sovereign hand. But the interesting thing to me is this very much connects, Rob, to this whole natural internal tension of your heart and the mind, right? And I can totally relate with this. Like, I I want to strategize, come up with all these, like, frameworks about how to, how to live this effective life, or the heart side of me goes, I- I'm really passionate about that or this, and it doesn't even necessarily require as much thinking. Um, but I have felt at times where I'm, I just want to set my own course, whether by my heart or mind. I mean, can you relate with that? Yeah, I can. As I, as I read through those, those two verses and I, I process it, I think of all of the, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word daydreaming, but vision boarding or vision like casting, casting where you're, you, you know, you have all these ideas in your mind, um, and you know some of them are well thought out, and some of them just come to you in the shower or whatever the <laughs> the case may be there. Um, but the few that we actually execute, I think we go with the one that's we're most passionate about, and I think in sixteen nine, you in fact 
as you were reading it to me initially, said the heart of a man plans his way. Um, you you almost interchanged heart and passion. Yeah. So, you know, we may have a lot of ideas in our mind. We may be thinking about a lot of ideas, but oftentimes it's the passion project that gets done. Um, well, it's funny when you say that. I, I actually think a lot of people get stuck more in the, almost the reverse of what you're saying. Like they get thought in, they need to lay out some uber logical plan because the passionate side feels more dreamy, more unrealistic. I, I think people are afraid to dream. I, especially, and this is a, a interesting contrast that I've noticed versus Christian and non-Christian circles. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes Christians are afraid to dream and 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 go with their heart and passions because they think it's like not prudent or wise and and it's like well what does god want me to do and this this connects this whole like stagnation thing we're talking about or analysis paralysis but what i've noticed is people who don't have god sometimes are more ferocious about going after it because that's all they have actually that's defining their purpose in life it's just an interesting thing to me now they're not going to find contentment however their vigor in going after something, I think sometimes really trumps what the Christian is maybe how they view their pursuits. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I think as I uh, as I try to boil this down into the actual tension that we need to tease apart, I'm I'm thinking, you know, for me, I struggle with this idea that I should do. Um, versus whether I should wait. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there are some decisions that are sitting in my life, and I'm struggling to make those decisions because I'm expecting God to open or close a door that makes it very obvious what the decision should be. And yet, when I listen to that analysis, I get a little frustrated with myself because I think, you know, God's given me a lot of information, um, principles, scriptural truths, you know, advice from friends, input from friends, and yet I'm unwilling to lead and or make a decision. Why definitively. Do think, why do you think that is? Are you are you scared? Are you are you Yes, it's definitely fear. It's fear-based. Um which is interesting because I wouldn't say if I'm honest, I wouldn't say it's that I'm afraid I will make the decision that God will be displeased with. You know, it's not even that altruistic that I'm afraid that I God won't be pleased with my decision. It's more I'm afraid of the worldly consequences of, of making the decision in direction A or direction B. Well, so I think that's—so one thing is fear, and we're kind of probing in deep about mm-hmm. what, are, what are the real issues going on. I think sometimes I've, I've definitely felt that, but there have been other times, too, where I literally didn't know. Like, you, you, you're saying you 
kind of know you think the, the the right direction. You don't have complete certainty, but you kind of know where you think it should go. I'm saying there are times where I'm like, I have my hands up. I'm trying to surrender. And I really don't know what I should do versus where I should kind of like hold and wait. Well, I'm saying that, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that the fears on both sides of a decision are are paralyzing. The fear of staying the course and and dealing with some bad situation indefinitely, you know, is causing me to to you know even have the debate at all. And yet, the fear of the consequences of actually making a decision that moves me in a, a different direction are also terrifying. And so, I would say I'm in the same boat. I don't know what to do. I don't know whether sort of the stay the course, you know, God never promised that we would be happy, you know, in everything that we are dealing with, you know, whether that, whether I should do stay the course or whether I should, uh, you know, change courses and follow a dream or follow a different path. Well, and I think sometimes too, that I found frustrating is I feel like I've really at times felt like I was open handed to both of these sides where I'm like, putting my whole heart and mind into planning something and then saying, but God, if you want to lead a different direction, I'm cool with that. Like, really, I'm cool with it. And then what happens is I take a, a st- I take steps and I think I'm moving in a great way and it's a dead end. And that's really where I am right now in, in, in some regards. And I'm like, okay, now what? Like, what, what do I, what am I supposed to learn from this, right? That sounds more like a healthy thing, Neil, though. I, you know, it sounds like, you know, you've surrendered, you know, you've said, look, based on what I know now, this is where I'm going to go. But if you have some other plan, you know, I trust that you will reveal it. And a dead end, I think, is that revelation. Well, yeah, but it it sounds nice until then I hit the dead end and I go, you know what, I'm taking the driver's, I'm taking control of the wheel again. Right, like you, in in some ways, as we're talking through this, I'm thinking I'm I'm saying at some level, God, you're, you're you like, I think you're kind of asleep at the wheel, or you, or, or probably not that. I I don't think that. I think I think you don't really care. Like you're making me wait these extended periods, and you don't really care. If I'm being just straight up honest, and when that that feeling happens that's when I'm prone to not want to surrender and go and grab the wheel again, which never leads to a good spot. But I'm just trying to wrestle through with like, what are the real emotions down there? Because I think sometimes we say, oh, I'm trying to give it to God, but you're really still wrestling with something because you don't like God's answer. You're, I mean, you said it, he gave you an answer. Mm-hmm. But I think I get frustrated with it's like, okay, well, what's the next step though? What am, what am I supposed to do? And I don't know. There's a book that's sitting on my shelf at home called Knowing and Doing the Will of God. It sits there unread. It's an old book. I found it at uh, at Liberty University when I was an undergrad, and I, I think it was like in a, a free pile at the library, and I picked it up, and um, I, always, I always think I should sit down and read it. But, I mean, ultimately, that's kind of what, what I'm asking is how do we know and then do the will of God. And I remember my dad answering that question by saying, you know right from wrong. 
you know God's moral precepts. And if, you know, if, if it doesn't conflict with that, then you can know that you're in a sense in God's will. Do you know what? There's such freedom in that if you actually really believe it, because haven't you still taken steps where you knew there wasn't any more anything morally wrong, but you're like, I don't know if you're still unsure of like, am I am I doing it the right way or am I am I spending a lot of time and effort in something that I'm not supposed to be because I'm kind of blinded to my own way? Have you felt that way before? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you really think about, I mean, if you really think about, and you said it, if you really believe that that is true, that as long as you're not, you know, dishonoring Scripture or disobeying what Scripture tells us, that's our main way of knowing God is through Scripture. So if we're not against Scripture, then we are likely in God's will or in a place where God is going to use us. So let's read this third proverb because I think it adds the final piece, well, not final, but like of the three we're looking at, some good necessary context to this whole story, which is Proverbs twenty twenty four says, a man's steps are from the Lord. How then can man understand his way? And I... What I take from this is essentially God's ways are above our own, right? And there's other parts of Scripture that say that, like, you, you can't understand God's ways. You're not God. You're finite. He's not. Like, you're never going to get in his headspace, if you will, right? And so stop, like, realize that he's not only sovereign, but, like, you don't need to try to overthink or feel every every step along the way like trust basically uh, this is calling us to trust that he knows what he's doing and i think that's what i just said earlier like i think i was like i'm i'm not trusting your timing or i'm not trusting that you actually are listening to me right i mean these are the real thoughts when i when i start to get frustrated about i'm like look i'm 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 genuinely trying to do something here and i don't Here's here's the like the, the analogy I like to pull, and it's a it's a bad one. And I was actually saying this to Catherine the other day. Like, if my kid came into the the room to talk to me, and they were like, "I, I just really want to listen to what you have to say. I'm, I'm I'm humbly coming before you for guidance." And then I just sat there. Mum's the word, right? Like, and they're like, "Did you did you hear what I'm saying? I I, I really." Uh, genuinely want to, I've given up, like, I want to know where you want to go. Silence. That's Mm. kind of the picture I paint in my mind of this is what God's doing to me. It's not, it's not a good picture. It's a false picture, but it's the picture I'll paint if I feel like I have to wait too long. Well, yeah, we, we don't, live in a time, or at least I've not experienced, you know, some of the things that Adam experienced walking with God in the garden or Moses encountering God. We, we don't, you know, we don't see, we're not the disciples, we're not walking around with Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard when we, 
worship uh, an, an, an invisible God, you know, that his hands and his feet and his shoulders and all of the rest are, in a sense, you know, the body of believers around us. I mean, um, so, you know, that's, it's hard. That's putting a standard, you know, of like a man standard on God. And, you know, that's not how he, he works. You know, on, on the flip side of that, envision if one of your kids came into a room and said, hey, Dad, I'm trying to make a decision about whether to go to Harvard or Yale, and, 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 and I'm just afraid I'm going to make the wrong decision, you probably wouldn't in your mind think, oh, well, boy, one of those is a really bad decision. You'd probably be really proud that he wants to go to Harvard or to Yale. So how many of our decisions are we paralyzed by thinking that there's some right or wrong thing that God, you know, has for us, and yet either one is, you know, part of his plan that that's already written, and he's going to use. So isn't the issue, as I think about both of those pictures of a kid coming into a room, which I like, it helps you to th- see it, um, isn't the issue on both of those, like, just being overly self-focused, like, Oh my gosh! I I could pick Harvard or Yale, and I'm gonna mess it up. Like, it, st- you're you're overthinking your like your your role. And then in the other one of like trying to approach God and Him not answering, it's a, it's like a demand. It's like a genie. Like, come out, genie, and and answer me now. Not not thinking about the much bigger picture beyond me. Right. Like, what I'm getting at is, I think part of that the problem that we're dissecting here is the the self-focused, selfish nature in all of this. Look at this great plan I came up with. Look at the—you've given me these passions that I feel about it. Why why isn't this coming to fruition? I mean, I know tons of people on the field, missionary field, must feel that way, right? Like, you've got me out here, and you hear about these stories, right, of, like, ministering somewhere for a long time, no results, or— things just blowing up with the team or mm-hmm. funding dries up. Um, I think there's a lot of over-focus on self, even if it's quote-unquote spiritual things. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So what do you what do you think? We've kind of wrestled through some of the issues, but how, so how do we do this? Like how do we engage our brains, engage our hearts, surrender and know that his ways are beyond us. I mean, that's kind of what these proverbs are telling us, right? Like how do we how do we do this? Maybe maybe this is, well or poorly. Sound, well, I don't know. <laughs> I think some of this is going to sound like platitudes, but you know, as I'm thinking about it, you know, um you know, if we need to know what God's heart is, or we need to learn about who God is, we need to be in relationship with Him. Um, you know, and and I've heard it my entire Christian life that that relationship comes from having times where we're quiet and listen to what He's saying. Yes. And sometimes that listening, you know, isn't an internal head voice of God. Sometimes that is simply the words of Scripture. But if we're meditating on that, um, and we're talking to Him in in tr- 
true fellowship or communion, you know, I, I mean, we tell our kids all the time, you're talking to God, you're just talking to Him. It doesn't have to sound a certain way. Um, so if we're talking to God in prayer and we're listening to His voice or um, His Word in Scripture, then we're going to know, begin to know the heart of God. Well, let's let's talk about because I'm trying to think about this practically. Let's talk about some of these markers that you're not doing this well, that you're not planning or trusting well. I mean, anxiety. A constant feeling of anxiety is probably one, mm-hmm. right? Um, and stress. Um, inaction. Inaction's another one, which is what talk about that. Well, I mean, my description would be, you know, that we get stuck in concrete boots, you know, waiting for God to open a door, and yet it may be that he's given us all the freedom in the world to make some of these decisions, and that he's not waiting to smite us on the other side of the decision. Like, oh, that was the wrong decision. Whack, you know, you're dead, you know, or you're miserable. Yeah. You know, that's not his heart. Yeah, I, I think I can resonate with that one probably the most, Rob, of, yeah, that that's really a deceptive one because we could be feeling like the fruits of the Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, but be doing nothing. That's, like, I, I can resonate with that. that and I, I think it, I've kind of ref, tried, I've been reflecting, actually, I was, even last night, I was reflecting on, why do I feel stuck sometimes when I could just, God is just saying, just go, like you have freedom um, to do do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. What, what else, what other markers would you say are pointing to, you may need to, you may have this sort of Proverbs trio here off base. Well, can you, I mean, can you tease apart what you meant by stress and anxiety? Yeah, I mean, so I think if you're constantly like you're one of these doers, right? Um, you're you're developing documents or spreadsheets or mapping out things, however you plan. Or you maybe you're not a planner, but you just you're you're constantly passionate. You're one of those passionate people that's talking to people, trying to woo people into seeing a certain vision you have. But it really there's an angst, there's an anxiety of like, it consumes you in a way that I think feels, I mean, I can't honestly say, like you feel anxious, you feel angry, you feel, have you ever been trying to sell someone an idea and you just feel like you're like pushing something down their throat versus telling them something you really feel like passionate about, but you, but you feel calm and it's a completely different experience? Hmm. Uh, probably, but I, I, one doesn't come to mind. I've definitely felt both where I feel like I'm trying to convince someone about something. I would say when I'm trying to convince someone about how great something is, that's that like angst feeling. And, and it, there's something off there. Like it's there's something versus when I have a a plan and I just feel passionate about it. I'm not trying to convince them, I'm just telling them about it. And then they either grab on or don't. 
there. Well, okay. So when you pitched the drive-through milk, the, <laughs> the drive-through milk store idea, I wasn't real passionate about it. But when you were talking about tension and we decided we should do a podcast, I was pretty pumped up about it. Yeah. Well, so are you, are well, you saying, you know, okay, I was passionate about this drive-through milk place, but it, like, it was hard to get other people to embrace it or well i don't even want to talk about the drive through milk because that was just a silly idea that i didn't really pursue but let me let me you let me give you a real one okay. Th- this podcast yeah okay i think i think there's a real tension in having to produce content on a certain time who listens and like trying to get people to listen and the angst of that that anyone wrestles with in any when you tr- try to do anything social media related or like this sort of thing, podcast, putting yourself out, putting there. yourself out there, putting yourself out there. And I think honestly, part of the letting go for me is just like be active. I think I think uh, this is the tricky part. I feel like I ha- did get stuck a little bit on this, but but keep being active, but don't do it worrying about the frequency because everyone says you should release it this way or do these actions to grow. It's all about growing a platform and, and crowd. And it's like, yes, I'd love that to happen. But if that's my driving force, there's something to me about that that feels angst-filled. It, it just does. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like pursuing the plans of man more than the plans of God. Because I think what I really want, at if I get all the selfish junk out of the way is for this to impact people how God wants it to impact people. Oh, how many success stories have you heard about where people weren't even intending to grow an audience or become famous or have a, you know, a successful book or whatever. They were just doing something they loved um, that they were passionate about or pursuing something that was, you know, just a hobby. And then it became something more. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's a real struggle for me. Hmm. All right. So as we close here, what, what do you, what, what do we have any, any, there's the tensions don't have nice bows to tie, but they don't have nice bows. But I think that for me, as I sit here and reflect on what we've been talking about, I would say to remember that in many situations as a believer, especially who is in touch with the Lord, some of the decisions that we're paralyzed on don't have right or wrong answers. Yeah. As long as they're not counter to scripture. Correct. So so keep taking actions. Keep keep right. pushing ahead, right? And right. and trusting God as you're doing it. Yeah. Um that would be my encouragement honestly to believers is be a little bit more courageous. And I'm talking to myself too. Like takes like I love the the um, part of scripture that talks about coming to the throne of God like with boldness, mm-hmm. knowing that you are accepted. Like, and I think when you're coming, why would you come to the God to God with boldness? Because you're really trying to do something that really requires His help, and it's something like extraordinary. It, and I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I don't think we should all like be trying to be some like. I don't know, some star or something. I just mean something bigger than you, something that requires God to work, whatever that may mm-hmm. look like. It could be in a remote village, or it could be in your family, or it could be in a book. Like, a, It doesn't matter. But the point is, is, are you coming to God in that way, or are you just going, I'm accepted, I'm good? Like, 
that bothers me. And some, uh, it's, I feel like I'm giving an encouragement where I sound frustrated, but anyway. The, yeah. I mean, the point of our life here on earth is to, you know, to, to, in a sense, grow the kingdom. I mean, it's, it's, it's to be, it is to be outside of ourselves. Um, I mean, yes, it's, it would be nice to finish the race, uh, personally, but I'd love to be finishing it alongside as many other people as I can. Yeah, that's a great way of looking. And imagine, imagine if you, like the the time keeps ticking, and but you instead of worrying about the time you cross at, you're propelling people ahead, mm-hmm. ahead, ahead. Like, uh, I agree with you. That is, and again, that's a marker that when you're when you're look, looking outside of yourself and helping other people there's a calmness, a peace that God gives you because you're in his will. Like you're doing, um, you're not trying to force some agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we could talk more about this. Um, and, and I think we, we will continue to talk more about it because I think in general, you know, most, most tensions have an element of this, you know, sort of God, man, you know, tension. They do. Pull, yeah. Basically, we keep messing things up. Yeah. Isn't it? That's the bottom <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap. So thanks again for joining us for another episode of A World in Tension. <laughs>